hey there and welcome to another episode of We're Getting There. It's a podcast for people like us who are just works in progress and maybe you've already perfected this thing called life um, and it just might not be the podcast for you. But if you're someone who finds that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, well, you're in good company here. So um, we are here with another awesome episode and like we do every week, um, just going to do a little weekly catch up. So we had uh, a good week this week. We started off with a work trip and the family got to come down to Cincinnati and hang out and visit the zoo and enjoy some family time, some splashing in the pool. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we got to just kind of relax together for a couple of days after my training that I had to be at. Uh, so that was a good time. And uh, so what about you, baby? Oh, excuse me. Um, Sorry to keep you awake. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, well, we have, we have, we've actually had two weeks in between our last yes. podcast. Um, so this week, yes, was good. But the week before that was a little bit rough. We had a couple of sick kiddos. Yes. Um, they were down with something. I'm not sure what, we weren't sure what it was. We took them in and the doctor didn't really have anything conclusive either, but it was sort of like a flu thing. Um, but anyway, they're better now and we did have a fun weekend. Um, almost had to take one to the ER. It's mm-hmm. pretty scary, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. good. But they're, yeah, they're better now. Yep. Um, and another thing that we've been experimenting with the past couple of weeks is, um, as we've mentioned before, I homeschool, our three kiddos and I stumbled upon a method of homeschooling. It's, it's sort of in the same vein as Montessori, but it's not quite the same. Um, and it is called the Waldorf method. And basically it's pretty, um, minimalist in it's, um, in things that kids play with and do and watch and it's very 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 limited if any at all um screen time so we've we've cut out a lot of tv and tablet playing and stuff like that and actually i feel like it's been really good for our kids they've they get along more they imagine more they play more and especially our two little two little ones they they uh yeah i've just seen a good bit more imagination, which is sort of the point behind that is, is producing imaginative play. So I, I think it's been amazing. I mean, I, she sees them all the time. So the changes are incremental and I see them, you know, I don't see them as much. And so when I come home, I notice the difference and Mm -hmm. I can tell you just from coming home, our kids have been amazing Anyway, we have amazing kids, so I don't mean to say that, but they have just, it's just a difference. You just notice this change, and it was almost immediate for mm-hmm. me. Um, there was a couple of days of no TV, and we didn't we don't watch it a lot anyway, but a couple of days of no TV, and it was just, our home was different. It was, yeah. it, they, they enjoyed each other. They, not to say they didn't fight, but they fought a lot less, mm-hmm. um, and they had just, like you said, more imagination. It was constantly... Playing. You know where I may I noticed the big biggest difference is when we went out to eat with your parents after church. Hmm. Natalie and Gavin were able to sit at the table 
and just play with crayons. I Literally, that's all they that. had was crayons, and they sat. They never and fought. They, they kept to themselves and played back and forth with their crayons, and and uh, I mean, and that's pretty unusual for especially Gavin, who's you know he's full of energy and he typically finds it difficult to be self-entertained and he didn't have a nap or anything. So yeah. I know, I know. And we got up early that day cause we, it was a church. We day. were on the team mm-hmm. that day. So we were up by five thirty ish. So there you go. The Waldorf method. Look it up. It's amazing. It's a whole lifestyle and we're not, we're not fully submersed into that, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Shameless plug. Oh man. All right. Well, hey, um, so we have been in a communication series. We have had some uh, awesome episodes. And so today um, uh, we're going to continue that. Last week um, or last time, I guess, we had an interview with Josh Ward on vulnerability. If you didn't get a chance, go back and check that out. It was awesome. Uh, Great information. And this episode, we're actually going to focus on fighting fair. Um, and we've all been there, right? We've all had that conversation that's going south and we all know it and you've known it's not going to go well. Um, and unless all your relationships are perfect with everyone, at some point you've had that kind of point of contention that's turned into an argument. Um, and you just had some trouble hearing the other side, um, and maybe even feeling heard. And so in those times, it can just turn to kind of some desperation moments. So kind of what do you do, um, you know, it seems a little bit hopeless that, that you're going to get any kind of resolution from that uh, conversation. So, so what do you do? Um, what, are, what are some, some methods, some ways? So we're just going to kind of talk about that, talk that through. Um, and from my vantage point, um, I feel like most, if not all fights start from a place of um, misunderstanding and, and frustration from expectations that have not um, been met or even communicated at times. It usually comes from both parties. Um, And I feel like that's where a lot of this tends to happen. So arguments tend to happen because I think you should be doing this and you don't either know that or or care. And so there's this line. So if you can kind of imagine, um, you know, parallel um, horizontal lines being laid out there in front of you. And so the, you know, the top one would be my expectations, um, where I think things should happen. And the bottom one would be, um, reality, (laughs) what's actually happening. And in between that is frustration. That's where we, and the closer those lines are together, um, the less frustration there is. You, you kind of weed out that frustration. So, um, I think the more you communicate with your spouse, children, friend, family, whatever it is, um, you limit that, that frustration that can happen because you communicate your needs, your desires. Um, and not to say that everyone should be met, but you give that chance to say, okay, but this is reality. This is why this is happening. And, and again, open that up to where we can stop some of this before it even gets started. But um, that's where I think we should start is with communicating some, yeah. some expectations. <clears throat> yeah. I think, uh, I think that would have probably saved us a lot of beginning marriage arguments for sure would be, would have been clearly defined expectations. I think that's a, that's a good 
a good place to start. And if you, I think, uh, if you find that you and whatever person, spouse, kids, whomever, boss, if you find that you fall into that frustration category more often than you would like and, and things become uncomfortable more often than you think they should, definitely laying down some some clear expectations is a is not just a good place to start it's probably the only place to start or the best place to start because let's be honest when we get married we all have you know let's just take marriage for instance or uh, you know well let's just take that we we all have expectations whether or not we say them you know sure. and my expectations were not uh uh, reality, not what even should have been an expectation of mine, but my expectations were, you know, this is, this yes, is, let's hear, let's hear this. Uh, for no, instance. yeah. For instance, <laughs> you know, I come home and the house is, is because, you know, my feng shui, my, my, my way of living life is, you know, everything has a place and everything is in its place. And, and my anticipation was, well, of course that's just how it should be because that's just, that's how what I want, and surely she wants what I want. So, uh, you know, this is exactly how life should be. Not taking into consideration your time at home spent here with children and uh, with other obligations you have. And so, not again, me, not we've covered this before, but I uh, tend to probably, at least in the beginning, not communicate as effectively. And so now, uh, not communicating that—that's a perfect spot for again breeding frustration in our marriage where I'm frustrated and and I didn't communicate my wants or desires uh, and you weren't able to communicate back why that probably couldn't happen every single day you know yes uh, not every hour is the house perfect <laughs> right yeah it's it's interesting because sometimes it is that um you raise reality mm -hmm. up to the expectation once you know what it is. Sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes we say, okay, now I know what the expectation is. So now I can get there. And then my, the reality raises up to that expectation. But sometimes once we communicate what the expectation is, the conversation is, well, that's not reality, mm -hmm. nor will it ever be. So I'm, I'm going to need you to lower your expectation lowering your expectations is not always a bad thing Absolutely. sometimes it's a it's it's sometimes it's just grace right sometimes it's just saying I, I have to have grace for a mom that homeschools her three kids she doesn't even kick them to the bus every day you know mm -hmm. and and we have, you know, worship ministry and we have photography. I, I have photography that I do and, um, we have other homeschool obligations and, um, you know, not that the house should be a wreck, but it's not always. And by the way, it never is. Um, thank you. I'm glad you said that. I was going to say, <laughs> I hope people aren't getting this idea that I, by the way, it never keep is. A pigsty. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and, but you know, again, my expectations of things were sure. way out of whack. And, sure. and to, to your point, sometimes you raise reality as in maybe an employee or employee relationship. Hey, mm -hmm. here's the expectation level I have of you. 
you're late every day or you're not turning in your reports on time, uh, you're not getting these things done, and you as employee, unless you have a real good reason, you should probably raise your reality to right. avoid that frustration on the part of your employer. Sure. So those are, that's a, again, these are different um, relationships. So the tactics might be different. But the principles mm-hmm. are still the same. You as an employee can actually reduce those fights, those frustrations by yourself, by right. doing things the, the right way. Yeah. And I would say I'm, I'm guilty of this. I would say that in a parenting, like a parent kid type situation, it's probably almost always lower the expectation. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because I think that as parents, we, at least if you and I do, I don't know that all parents do, but I think that you and I f- for sure have the bar set high for our kids yeah. and we do have great kids and they seldom don't, they seldom, how do I want to say that? They seldom don't hit the bar. Is that yeah. right? Is that how yeah. I want to say that? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's uh, few and far between that they don't. Uh, and so that's why it's more noticeable to us when they don't. So I think that for kids, for sure, lowering and, and having some grace for where they're at and different personalities. And And we've said that to each other on separate occasions. Hey, remember they're three. (laughs) Hey, hey, remember they don't have a full, fully functioning set of, you know, codes that we do, you know, Hey, remember, uh, and, and it's really, it's, it's always a check. It's always a check. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, um, you know, something we say a lot here um, is um, every professional fight has a referee, right? Um, mm. a guilty we a pleasure we have is uh, we we like to watch UFC or uh, <laughs> MMA fights, and um, every one of those has a referee, believe mm-hmm. it or not, uh, to call the shots to say, "Hey, that was you know below the belt." Because honestly, when you're punching at somebody, you're not thinking about what's what's really fair. So um, one way that we tell people to do that is to get a third party involved. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes it's a mediator, sometimes it's a counselor, sometimes it's a friend. And I was going to give kind of the example growing up. uh, I know in this, again, I'm, I can't remember. I'm sure there was expectation levels that were here or reality levels on my part that were not up to par. But um, at one point in our relationship, my dad and I literally could not talk to each other. And again, this is my family, which is, pretty high functioning level of communication. Um, and we literally were so frustrated with each other. We couldn't talk to each other. And I still remember, um, you know, sitting in a room and we finally, um, had it. We had a friend of ours lived in Florida at the time we lived in Ohio and, um, back when we had home phones and we each Mm -hmm. picked up a line, uh, you know, those really long, like swirly cables, you know, you could probably like walk around Mm -hmm. the, you know, yeah. So one of us was on that and the other one was in the other, in the living room. Yeah. They had to be long so you could get any kind of privacy. (laughs) Privacy. (laughs) I think that was our kitchen phone too. Anyway. Um, so he went around the corner. Um, and I, you know, I, I stayed in the living room and, um, I still remember just sitting there and, and being so relieved somebody else was on the other, some impartial person was there to help us through this disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like, uh, you know, at the end of it, he was able to, to let us hear the other person. So he would say, Hey, Justin, did you hear what your dad said there? 
yeah, yeah. It would take a moment for it to kick in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, he's not anti me. We're just not communicating, right? And then he would tell my dad, "Hey, hey, did you hear what your son said there? He said this. Are, are you hearing that?" Yes, mm-hmm. yes, okay. And so, you know, he helped us work through that. And I still remember that to this day. And I think that a lot of people would benefit from a third party, uh, sure. a referee. Sure. Yeah, I think um, I think that especially in the Christian realm, we, you know, this is, and this is obviously, you know, we've talked about um, why we start, why, why, fights start or why arguments start and um you you know either raising expectations or or lowering expectations i'm sorry or raising reality and then um but sometimes even even if we try that and and that's and a fight is unavoidable and um maybe we just keep circling around to the same issue i think that in the i was what i where i was going with that i think that in the christian realm we look at counseling even going and talking to our pastor or like you said a friend or you know a even a licensed counselor or whatever we we tend to frown upon that we tend to think you know things are oh things are so bad we have to go <laughs> see a counselor you know oh, that, I think that that's one of our that's been one of justin and i's big um just passion points with with marriage and and finding a way to to talk to each other and and figure things out is that it you don't have to be you don't have to have one foot in divorce court to go to see a counselor mm-hmm. and that's too often what happens sure it's too often what happens yeah and and we we want to take the stigma out of that because yeah. there really is this stigma around like you said where where it's oh man what's going on with justin and melissa they had to go see a counselor and mm-hmm. in reality our relationship and i we'll see if you back me up on this um, our relationship is way better now than it ever was before we went to oh, counseling sure. yeah. and we were able to see each other and see each other's you know, weaknesses and strengths in a whole new way that we never would have seen had we not done that. And counselors, because it's their job, are super good at pointing out where you think you're communicating awesome. They're they're able to go, well, actually, yep. you're kind of not doing a great job right yep. there. You know, or, or they're good at at saying what you're really communicating. There's something that maybe you think you are communicating well and you're not. And they're good at saying, I feel like when you say that, you think you're saying this, but what they're actually hearing Mm. is this thing. Oh, yeah, that's that's for sure. So I feel like that happened to us a lot. Yeah, a lot, uh, lot. particularly to me. But I I was just one of those, yeah, you... You think you're you're all this in a box of chocolates, but you're you're not. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're here, here's what the other. This is why you're frustrating them. Right. This is why you're upsetting them because every time you say this, this is triggering this and that. And so anyway, there, we highly recommend a good, specifically godly, but even if it's just a licensed counsel, we recommend a third party. That's that's just not. Um, on one of your guys, it's not a best friend to, to the wife or to the husband or to the friend They're They're, you know, somebody that's going to be impartial. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of skipping through some tactics here. Um, so I think the third one we had here would be, um, 
refraining from always and never statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We try to do that. We don't do it perfect. By the way, just as a as a quick uh, disclaimer, we are not perfect arguers by no. any means. We have learned a lot. We're better at arguing than we used to be. But we're not, by far, we're not perfect at it. What's one of your skills? Uh, we're better at arguing. <laughs> <laughs> we're better at arguing than we used to be. Yeah. <laughs> what have you learned being married for almost 15 years? Oh, to argue better yes. than we used I've to. had a lot of practice. To so. fight a little more fairly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, those always and never statements, you always dot, 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 or you never dot, 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 because that's never true. Always go. and never. It's, it's always never true. It's, yeah. <laughs> I will never use a never statement except for to say that always and never statements are never true. <laughs> I like that. But never in a fight. <laughs> we'll never say that in a fight. <laughs> um, because, yeah, just, I, yeah, typically they're inaccurate mm-hmm. at best. Yep. And I know that's sort of a basic thing, but man, if you can learn to take those out, because here's the thing, something that I feel like I said to you, um, during a a pretty difficult time for us was that what you do is not who you are. Mm -hmm. And the things that you do that frustrate me or wound me or hurt me in some way, or annoy me even, you know, that that's not who you are. You're not out to get me mm-hmm. because you love me. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I had, um, I, I started to get emotional about this <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, you're not, you're not out to get me. So saying things like you always do this, mm-hmm. it's not true. And, and what it does do is, either causes you to completely shut down or worse it causes you to feel like i like i i only see the bad in you or i only see the thing you did and i'm and i'm plugging that into who i think you are yeah. and who i know you to be yeah and then it's very def- def- defeating. Sure. Yeah. Why try to why try to communicate or resolve anything with someone who thinks that you're just basically an irreversible screw up. Yeah. So, which which we are. You know. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We are pretty much an irreversible. That's a really good word. Um, yeah. No. I actually. I mean. I. I had that one too. Was was um, that someone you know that that loves you genuinely genuinely cares for you is someone that you can trust and someone that um, you should begin with assuming the best in them. Like you said, they're not out to get you. And that, um, that is tough to practice when you're upset and angry. But when you start with that principle, when you start with that premise as uh, you know, as, as a friend or whatever, whoever, and you try, you know, this is, again, this is someone you trust. This is someone that, you know, uh, deeply cares for you, you can assume the best in them. Right. And so when you begin, I'm sure that you did not mean to hurt me or to make me feel this way. 
but I just need to tell you, this is how you made me feel. That comes across a lot better than I can't believe you would do or say, or how dare you, you know, that, that comes across so much differently than when you can just say, I, I know that this is not how you meant to treat me today, but I just need that just it's, it's the softer, it's softer sure. approach. And even internally, if you're feeling like, I can't believe you, you know, when you, when you stop and think and you think, man, this is, you know, for us, for instance, again, we focus a lot on marriage. Um, but you know, this is the love of my life. This is my best friend. This is the, the one I am, I am going to be with for the rest of my life here. Um, this is the one who's put up with a whole ton of crap that I've done <laughs> right. and still is still here. So still if, if I can look at the whole mess that I've made and look look and see that they're still here well that that alone is reason enough for me to go okay they must like me a little bit they they like me a little so yeah so those are kind of a couple things meshed together there but yeah avoiding always and never statements and assuming the best and you know not assuming that there was negative intent and I think um, uh, we had one other thing we had said was uh, try not to bring up the past um, mm-hmm. unless it's crucial to the conversation at hand. So unless we've said before, if you're using that to establish a pattern of behavior, uh, you know, and to, to help the person see something in them. Again, the Holy Spirit, we believe as a couple, um, we believe the Holy Spirit is the one that will help people see things um, uh, internally, maybe uh, from a spiritual side. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to walk someone through something where, you know, they don't see the pattern in their own life or the behavior in their own life, that's a little different. But we really do try to refrain from always digging at the past and always saying, especially things that have been put to bed and put to rest. not always dredging all of that up every time something new comes up and Mm -hmm. you say, but see, you, you just, you can't get it right. You can't, you know? Um, so I think that's another one where we try to refrain from that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another one that we had was, was physical touch or some sort of you know, we've, we've actually tried that where we knew that a conversation was headed in the wrong direction and we decided to hold hands through the discussion. And there's something just about touching your spouse or even your kids, you know, if you're, you're upset at your kids and, and you're just really frustrated at them and, or they're frustrated at you, you know, even just if it's a little one sitting them on your lap, it's pretty hard to be super angry at a three or four year old or younger, whatever, if they're sitting on your lap and snuggling you, if you're having a conversation with them and, you know, um, sometimes it's okay to feel, to let the other person feel your, your anger, not in a, in an, obviously in any kind of abusive way, but it's sometimes it's okay for someone to know that you're upset with them yeah. or that you're disappointed, especially if you really biffed it, you know, yeah. if you really did something stupid, um, and inconsiderate and, and selfish, it's, it's okay to, to feel that person's wrath, if you will. Um, but 
if it's a if it's a conversation of misunderstanding or miscommunication or you know or decision making that isn't coming to an an agreement um just sitting and holding hands or talking about it in a way that you're touching somehow whether it be a hug snuggling or yeah. yeah just and I think that just it really does connect you to that person yeah. and it doesn't distance you. I think that's what distance can tend to do when you isolate somebody is make them feel at odds with you. Um, the body language, and I think Josh even touched on that last last podcast was uh, body language. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's that's a that's another great one. Um, an, another a couple, I think, that we could put together mm-hmm. uh, and we touched on this a little bit before would be uh, allow space for regrouping and if you can't come to a resolution at that time set a time to come back to the topic i think we've touched on this before right but i think that it's important to note here um fair fighting uh can mean different things you can call a timeout right uh you know somebody in uh, let's go back to mma you get poked in the eye Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you you're you need that time away from that situation to regroup right Mm -hmm. so we we would say both for the person that needs a break Mm -hmm. that's fair however the person that needs to have the resolution sooner than later it's also fair for them to request or to the other person to suggest a new time to come together right yeah yeah um we did talk about that before that that was something that I struggled with coming from a home where there was never resolution. Um, you know, when we got married, I was a argument chaser. I just wanted to get it all over with and, and you needed space to process or take a time out so that you wouldn't say something stupid. And I didn't care if I said anything stupid because that was also sort of the mo at my house was say whatever you want so um yeah it definitely was something there was a learning curve in that for us for sure and i would say that it's been i I think it's been a long time since we've fought so vigorously that we needed a timeout which is good but um definitely it's something that if you find yourself in an intense disagreement it's okay to take a time out, but also have the grace to schedule a, another go. (laughs) But I think that's something we learned from counseling was Mm -hmm. you needed that. And I didn't, or I didn't want that, you know, and I had to work on myself to say, Hey, I need to be able to come back to this and I need to be the one pursuing it because you needed me to feel or to, to show that I did want to come back to it. And I didn't want to just sweep it under the carpet because that was kind of my MO was, um, yeah, this is a tough conversation. So if I can just not come back to it ever, or if I can just say, yeah, sure. You're right. Or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and cut, cut the conversation off. I don't have to deal with this anymore. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, so that's one. Yeah. Um, one that I wanted to talk about was avoiding fight starters. Sometimes, you know, we already talked about how, raising our reality or lowering our expectations those two parallel lines if we can bring them closer together that that already eliminates some of the the cause of fights right some Mm -hmm. eliminates some of that frustration so we talked about that but there were some other things that 
I um, noticed even in even today, and this is what kind of brought this up for me today when I was thinking about it was um, we've been really busy this week and there's not been a lot of, you know, we were at the hotel in a hotel room with all of our children and then they're so when they go to bed we have to go to bed (laughs) you know we don't get to sit up and watch tv and snuggle or you know uh, or chit chat or whatever we have to kind of lay there and be quiet and let them fall asleep so um so i noticed today that they were just little things that were, were little things that had happened that were annoying me to the point of me feeling just kind of frustrated at you and the reality is is that I was frustrated because I had needs that were I have I had needs that were unmet yeah you know I hadn't gotten a lot of grown-up time with you I hadn't gotten a lot of affection from you because of just being busy and um and I'm a you know five love languages I am I am physical touch and quality time. So busy weeks where we don't get to spend time together or snuggle or anything like that, that, that's a big deal. It's a big blow to my tank, my love tank, if you will. And so things become exponentially more frustrating when your love tank is empty. Yeah. And so um, just, just, fighting out of your need you know and so um you know i just mentioned time and and affection and and as married folks this you know doesn't really apply to any anywhere else besides marriage but sometimes you know intimacy is a is a fight solver you know sometimes you're just both in need of that physical connection and physical release and you know if i don't know if that's too honest no for, it's good for a podcast but <laughs> you know sometimes bedroom time is it's, is just well there's a there's the word uh, you know cover your kids ears if they shouldn't be listening <laughs> but you know sexual frustration is a thing yeah we're talking totally about is. frustration here and that leads to fighting and we've experienced it um you know we said we were going to be honest um <laughs> we've experienced that and and it's it does it, it makes these things that shouldn't be big deals or would not normally be big be big deals monumental <laughs> when sure. you're when you're adding that on top of it yeah yeah so man there's there's a word for you married folks out there before you fight get it on get it on <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then see if the fight is still worth having <laughs> I, I i agree so yeah uh sorry agree. that's a little too that's part probably of this. a little too honest and then um i think another need uh, i would say is that especially this is especially true for moms or whomever the the stay-at-home parent is you know is some some me time or some grown-up time that's another need that um can when it seems like you're with your kids all the time Mm -hmm. there's that that's a need there's a need there to feel like an adult and to feel like your own person and to feel like not everyone's touching you yeah because they have needs you know and uh, so 
Um, and then I, another fight starter that I had that I was thinking about what was something I call ignored preferences. Mm. So we all have preferences, right? Um, just to go through a couple of, of mine, <laughs> I have this, I don't know, maybe, I don't know why, but I, th- I find it frustrating when, um, when I like leave to go to the grocery store and Justin's home with the kids and they lock the door knowing that I'm coming home with piles of groceries and I come and I have my hands full and the door is locked. I'm locked out of my own house. I don't, that annoys me. She gets very upset. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I get, I get so frustrated with that. And, um, mostly because I'm, I'm like, well, they know I'm coming. So, why am I locked out of my own house? Why do I have to set all my groceries down and fumble through my purse to find my keys and unlock my own door? Like just have the door open so I can come in my own house. And so. <laughs> and I'm smiling because because it came up today. He did have it unlocked today. I want. Well, I was I was thinking, man, I need I need to make sure because we, we this is you know this is something we're not perfect. I'm not perfect at clearly, and so to to yeah to make sure that door was unlocked she was grateful when she came home because i have not had it unlocked many times (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was something that for sure i felt like you know there there are little things that for whatever reason frustrate everyone and we can't we can't always allow those i can't allow that frustration to become a point of excuse me a point of contention but we can avoid the point of contention if we can just shower grace on yeah. one another with our preferences. You know, some a preference that of yours that I learned quickly was you don't like naked grilled chicken. <laughs> he likes if if you're going to make him grilled chicken, he wants it like slathered in gravy That's, or yeah, cut uh, up into some pasta and sauce like or put on a salad. Like you don't like just grilled chicken. I don't. I do. It's fine, but it's not a preference. But it's not your favorite. Yeah. It, it, it is a preference it that you not have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I learned that early. And so, you know, I just don't make, I don't make grilled chicken without anything on it. So, so we've each kind of come each other's way. Yes. However, with toothpaste. <laughs> we each have our own. We each have our own. Can you believe this, y'all? He is a middle of the tube squeezer. I squeeze from the, I, I, I don't know. You just like grab the whole I thing. Just, You're just like. Usually just, it's in the morning or at the end of the day and I just don't care. You just, just put it on my tube. He just grips it and just squeezes it wherever. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> I am, I am a bottom of the tube squeezer. You know what? We need we need to create a poll. You got y'all need to email into our email. Justin will tell you what it is here at, when we when we finish up, and we need to know who are the middle squeezers and who are the bottom squeezers. Oh. And don't tell me you're a top squeezer because that that would be just ridiculous. Just to clarify, toothpaste tube. So okay, <laughs> moving on. Oh man, bottom we, of the toothpaste. There wizard. we go. Yes. We're, we're, I'm okay. not talking about your wife. Yeah, <laughs> you keep that to yourself. <laughs> um, so hey, two, a couple more things before we close out in this. Um, I was listening to a TED talk. Um, it was a while ago, and they were talking about um, getting a good interview. 
Um, and it was with this lady. I really couldn't tell you who it was. She was a great presenter, obviously. And um, she was talking about how to give a, get a good interview from someone else that you're interviewing. And um, she said uh, this, this statement, and it kind of stuck with me. It's, uh, she said something to the effect of, some people say um, if you're going to get a good interview, you should pretend to be very interested in the topic or act like you're interested in the topic. And mm. she said, I say there's a better way. You should just actually be interested when you're, t- don't pretend, actually yeah. listen. <clears throat> and then you ask good, follow, better follow-up questions. And instead of just being like, hmm, I'm okay, next question that I already had planned. Mm-hmm. And it makes the person actually feel listened to when you actually listen to them, mm-hmm. um, right? It seems crazy. So so that's one thing I, 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 I one more thing I had was listen to the other person, you might actually learn something and mm-hmm. try to step out of yourself and your preconceived ideas when your boss is telling you to do something different mm-hmm. than you've done for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It really is. Maybe you might learn something new. There might be something new out there for you. Or if you're a boss. Or if you're a boss. <laughs> perhaps listening to you know, an employee that says, Hey, I've been doing this and while you've been sitting in your office, I've been actually out here doing this thing and I think this could be a better yes way to do stuff. Actually listen. And um I'm and- an ideas person, so I had to throw that out there because I'm a I'm a, I'm a creative, so not I'm either an or person. and both yeah. and yes uh, because when you're that's when you learn actually mm-hmm. and and I think Melissa and I both uh, have come far in this way of being and some people don't like this phrase but open-minded enough mm-hmm. to hear the other side yeah. and not jump to judgment because um, I for one was quick to judge a lot of situations before I actually listened to them yeah and then we start listening um, you start gaining some wisdom gaining some insight um, and, and before you, before you jump on that and the, and the last thing I, I wanted to bring up um, and 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 Josh brought this up last week but but it's applicable is be quick to apologize yeah when you're wrong yeah. Be quick to apologize. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that 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 one can if you I think we've experienced this where if you have to drag the apology out of somebody it doesn't mm-hmm. quite feel like an apology. Sure. So I think being being quick, uh, being being almost eager to apologize in a sincere manner. Sure. Um, really kind of quells that there, you know, kind of squashes that that storm that's brewing. Yeah. Again, I like I like that you said though. <clears throat> if you're wrong, because you know sometimes we can be quick to apologize, but that just comes out of a want to avoid. And, yes. Um, but but if you're you know really looking at the situation and seeing where you know because l- listen, in every fight, the reality is it's highly likely that both of you said or did something to apologize for. It's highly likely. Pretty likely. I'm I'm pretty sure there are no people in the world who fight fair all the time and never say or do something that they need to apologize for. Yeah. You know, so even if it's you know, going back to the beginning, even if it's you didn't you didn't have clear you didn't lay out clear expectations or if it's that you you know, your reality was different from that person's reality. 
um, or, you know, just any, any, anywhere in between those two things, what, what I wanted to happen, what actually happened, you know, there's always, there's, there, there's usually something, I mean, obviously there are times when, you know, when someone does something out of selfish, whatever, and it, and it hurts the other person and that other person doesn't have anything to apologize for, you yes. know, there's obviously times like that, but but you know when we're talking about your typical married folk arguments or parent parent kid arguments or family member arguments typically there is some you know some something to be said on both sides so yeah be quick to realize your faults and then make amends yeah and be and I and I would add to that be quick to forgive too. Yeah. I would say that that's, you know, that's the end of that right is to be quick to forgive and, you know, not hold grudges because, you know, if someone really does see their fault and is sincere in their apology and, you know, this isn't a. Um, this isn't an excuse to for continued. Um, bad behavior or, or, you know, stupid choices. But if someone really is, you know, repentant for something they did, you know, forgiveness can be just such a powerful healing mechanism. And this, this isn't a, you know, an overly spiritual podcast. We try to be really practical, but I think to finish that up, we've experienced this because Christ has forgiven us so much. Right. Because his mercy has been so great and his grace toward us is just so undeserving. Yeah. That it's hard. It, don't get me wrong. We're selfish enough to, to see past it. But but it's hard to see past that right. when you're looking at someone else and you see them. It's It's been transformational in our marriage yeah. to realize who we are and that we're nothing without him, but with him we're everything because he gave us mercy. Yeah. And and that we're required and 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 we do it gladly, but but we're asked and required um, to to give it away as freely as we've been given it. Yeah. So um, I think that that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of recap really quickly, I I think we're actually over our time a little bit, but um, just to recap, so fighting fair, we want to make sure that we're that we're trying to minimize the distance between our, our expectations and reality to minimize frustration. We want to make sure, you know, you invite a third party, um, to, to help you kind of muddle through some of this, um, agree on terms. Again, if you have these expectations, make sure these preferences, these expectations are known to the other person. Um, and maybe you guys are on opposite sides of the fence. Maybe you need to allow some space, allow some time, but then come back, make a plan to come back to that conversation um, to to make sure each party is is, is understanding and is, is feels like it's important to you. Um, and then listen, mm-hmm. actually listen, and be quick to apologize and quick to forgive. Mm-hmm. I think that about wraps it up. It's good. Yeah. All good. right. Well, good. I won't well, fight you on that. You, ha, ha, you won't fight me <laughs> until we get off the air. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> no, we, um, we, we love you guys. Thanks for listening today um, to another episode. We have so much fun uh, doing these, sitting down and talking about these things. It's just a passion point for us. Um, so again, if you uh, want to reach out to us, we've had um, emails already. We, we'd love to hear from you. Um, What's that poll you wanted to do? Middle of the tube squeezer versus yeah. bottom of the tube squeezer. Yeah. So, you know, send us an email at we are getting their podcast at gmail.com. That's W E R E getting their podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to respond and, and start a dialogue there. Um, again, we will be back soon. And until then, Um, Have a great week and take care.